Yo, yo, this is Treasy. And I'm Young Leezy. And we are the On Ear Network. We know you've heard our tag at the end of this show, but it dawned on us that we've never really introduced ourselves. So we wanted to invite you to listen to all of our podcasts. Right now, our roster consists of And Then We Had Sex, a comedy couple that talks about their sex life with an occasional celebrity. The Locker Room, where men take off their filters and say how they really feel. And Grams of Snow, for your underworld and organized crime stories. And of course, Kind of Movie Critics which is our show, where we deep dive into movies and TV. So if you enjoy this show, check out some of One Ear's other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's start the show. Please be advised, the Kind of Movie Critics podcast may contain spoilers. This includes most of the movies you're going to want to see. This shit also contains profanity, so there's that. Enjoy. Yo, yo, this is Treasy. Hey, hey, this is Corey. It's Martin the Mailman. And I'm Young Leezy. Kind of movie critics. A real nigga is back in the building. Okay. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll, do, a, I'll do a manual <laughs> clap. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here. I'll be here all night. <laughs> that was good. That was good. That was good, Corey. That was really good. No. Uh, kind of movie critics, man. Here to just talk about what uh, we've been watching over the past few weeks, months. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Uh, before we get to all of that, man, I just want to let you guys know that you y'all did an amazing job on the Matrix episode, man. Um, I so much hate the hateration in the dancery. Oh, was there? <laughs> no, I'm not from not from you. I'm talking about us hating on that damn movie. Oh yeah, you know what's <laughs> crazy, man? I attempted to watch that movie at least four times and falling asleep on the same part every time. But after listening to y'all talk about it, it made me more interested in wanting to watch it. To see, just to kind of like keep up with the conversation. Like, I have no interest in watching the film for the film. I wanted to watch it, and I still didn't. I wanted to watch it to keep up with y'all's conversation, though. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, it was really good, man. I think I think uh, y'all got into y'all bag for real with that, man. So, so shout out to y'all for that, man. And um, uh, a couple of people have passed away. I think since we since we have last pod, we've lost uh, the great Sidney Poitier and. Mm-hmm. Betty White. Betty White. Yeah. And there was somebody else we lost. Andre Leon Talley. There you go. And we lost Virgil since last time too, didn't we? Uh, no, I think Virgil was before. Before. before? Okay. Yeah. Meatloaf. Meatloaf. His name was Robert Paulson. Yeah, his name, name was, was Robert Paulson. Paulson. And there was somebody else we lost that same day too of, of Meatloaf. Um, oh, Bob Saget. Bob Saget. Oh, Bob Saget. Yeah, Bob. Bob. Norfolk's own Bob Saget. I, shout out, shout out to Erica. We had a whole back and forth about me trying to tell her that Bob Saget was from Norfolk. She was like, "I'm so this from Philly," and I was like, "No." Mm-hmm. He went to and Lake then she Taylor. She was like, "Wait a minute." He went to Lake Taylor, lived out Larry Moore lawns. He is Norfolk. Norfolk. Man, he's Norfolk for real, for real. So yeah, and would man. tell you, which is why I had to post that video because I was like, "See, you trying to play me? I know Bob Saget's from Norfolk." Yeah, it was another comedian right before, like a week before Bob Saget too. What was the other comedian that we lost? Jeez, man, there's so many people. It was somebody about a week before Bob Saget, and my memory is fleeting me. But, but you know, anyway, man. Um, yeah, you know, we're we're losing we're losing a lot of great ones, man. We're losing a lot of great ones. So, uh, so, um, yeah, man. I I don't know what to say about that other than you know. Well, do you have that, Do you uh, have like a a favorite Sidney Poitier movie? Yo, you know what's crazy. I'm gonna say no. I've I've only seen a handful of Sidney Poitier's films. 
like a small handful, like maybe about four of them. The one you don't you don't watch the ones on the Bill Cosby run. Yeah, I mean, I love that's Uptown Saturday Night. That's me. But yeah, it's, I don't know it's, it's Uptown. Night. I don't know if it's Uptown it's, Saturday Night or Let's Do It Let's Again. Let's Do It Again. Yeah. But it's the one. My, I have a favorite line of City Portier where he was cussing cussing the dude out. He was like, "Yo, Teddy sucker." <laughs> <laughs> That will never not be funny. I've, I've never seen Let's Do It Again. I've seen Uptown Saturday Night. but uh, There's a third one called A Piece of the Action. That's pretty good. Oh, y'all, you put me on. I need to go back and watch these then. Yeah, you put me on. But my, my favorite, since you asked, is A Raisin in the Sun. Mm, okay. The one that always comes to mind, the first film that I saw of Sidney Portier, so it always comes to mind is Shoot to Kill. <laughs> With him and Tom Berenger, I think. Was very ra- it was very random. It was That's like random. the nineties. Yeah, it was like a it was a it was a late Portier, but it was like an action film. You know, like him and Tom Berenger were. It was at the bottom of a Walmart bin special. Yeah. <laughs> Have any of you seen his directorial debut a movie from the eighties called Fast Forward? No, it's one of my favorite. No. Movies. It's about these eight kids that are from like the Midwest, and they move to New York to try to like make it singing and dancing. The star of is it that of it is that. I don't know the actor's name, but you'll know who I'm talking about when I say he's like, he looks like Blair Underwood, but he's not Blair Underwood. <laughs> I don't know. And he was like, he was on like Girlfriends. He played someone's boyfriend. He's very handsome, but like, you know who I'm talking about? He's taller and thinner. And it's like, you look like Blair Underwood, but you're not Blair Underwood. I feel like I do, but I just can't place it. Yeah, yeah. It was, he was a star. He was a star in it? Wow. Mm-hmm. Was it any good, the film? It was fine for six-year-old me watching it on <laughs> HBO. Right. Okay. Um, Michael DeLorenzo was in it because they dance and they like go to the club. Michael DeLorenzo's like dance game was gang was uh, challenging them to like a dance fight. Oh wow! <laughs> Shout out to Torres. That's funny, man. Um, yeah, man. So yeah, the, I, I really don't have one, um, Martin. I don't. I don't know enough about his portfolio or his filmography to really jump into that conversation. Which one's your favorite? What's- well, it's probably Uptown Saturday Night, but it, it's weird because like a lot of like podcasts and interviews and um, just media stuff I've been listening to and watching and reading, people are doing all these um, like tributes to Sidney Poitier, but they're they're definitely leaving out the Bill Cosby films, which is like really funny to me. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> they just act yeah. like they don't exist, even though they're like hood classics for like black people, especially from a certain age, like. I know that Kevin Hart was trying to remake Uptown Saturday Yeah, with Will Smith. Smith, Will Smith. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Chadwick Boseman at first, but you know oh, that's really? obviously not a. I remember him saying that. Yeah. And then so now he's trying to do it with Will Smith. Well, that's too well, big. No, he was I trying think with Will Smith first, I think. Yeah. Oh. I think it's over now. Yeah, I think it's over now because of the Chad... Bill Cosby stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know they're coming out with a Bill Cosby documentary too. W. Kamal yeah, Bell. W, yeah, yeah. W. It, w. it comes Kamal out this Bell. weekend, I believe, the thirtieth. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm. Um. It's 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 a it's a weird thing, man. I, I want to see it. It seems like you know just from the trailer, it kind of and and you know I listened to like Larry Wilmore's Black on the Air, and uh, the last episode with W. Kamal Bell was on it, and it seems like he has he had a reverence for Bill Cosby, so I I do want to see it to see like how in the middle he is. Like, I'm not interested in watching anything that's going to smear him. I'm also not interested in anything that's going to act like what he, you know, what he was accused of wasn't a real thing. Like, I need something that's going to give me a little bit of both. So uh, that's what that trailer gave me was like a little bit of both. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, we're going to give you a little bit of reverence and this man was important. 
Um, but we're also going to acknowledge that what he did was was extremely foul. So um, because of that, I am interested in seeing it. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, um, shit, man. What's up, guys? What y'all been watching? <laughs> it's a loaded question because we haven't done a Q in a long ass time, and we I haven't. we well, I mean, go ahead, go ahead. Well, can I ask you guys something? Um, there's a show you guys are really into. I haven't been into it because I don't have the streaming service, but uh, I know it's uh, Yellowstone. I watched like the first ten minutes of the first episode, and I just remember it being really long because he like hit a deer or something, and he, <laughs> he, he was in the middle of the road and he wasn't talking. He was just like staring off into the distance, right? And I was like, "This is gonna be a really slow show, isn't it?" So, so I just so was it Get Out it or was it Yellowstone? <laughs> right. yeah. It was Get Out I'm of not Yellowstone. Sure what you're describing. It might have been Get All Out right. of Yellowstone. That, <laughs> that is a whole scene in Get Out, and I ain't watched Yellowstone. Right. I'm, I'm yeah. a, I'm, I want to start out. Because I'm gonna give Treasy his like, props. What's the appeal? Really? Treasy has been talking about Yellowstone for a while since Jesus wept. Come on, yeah, baby! And I just couldn't get around seeing it because mm-hmm. it, it's really not available on a lot of stuff. But right. I finally said I'm gonna bite this bullet and do it. I'm gonna put it here today, January 26. It is a top five show for me. Ooh, it is a child. it's a top five show. It is a very very good show. Yeah, if you like. All the usual TV shows that we talk about are, are the greats, you know, the Breaking Bads, the Wires, Succession. It's all in the same category. If you like any of those shows, you should like Yellowstone. Yeah. Um, and and then on top of that, if you're a Taylor fan like me and Treasy have been for a little while, it's it is peak Taylor in my opinion. Um, yeah. It, it's literally Taylor Sheridan stretched out in a TV show. <laughs> so like, right. if you like you know, Sicario, if you liked Wind, uh, Wind River yeah. or um, uh, what's the other one he did? Uh, he Hell or High Water. Hell or High Water, right. If yeah. you like the Taylor Sheridan brand, it is just nothing but one giant jerk off session to that. Yeah. So like it is. But seriously, it's a top five show. It has its issues. It has mm. a few things here and there a little little wonky, but it's it's seriously it's a great show. And I recommend everybody to watch it. So. Yeah. Um. You know, the thing about Taylor Sheridan, man, is that is that he um, he so his thing is really the American frontier. You know what I mean? Like everything that he does, everything that he writes, I think he he pays a lot of homage to the American frontier. Obviously, it's it's very under I think it's an under um, it's an underexposed, I guess, to him. Right. It, It almost feels like. The way he portrays it, it makes me realize that it's an undercovered, you know, sort of like geography in American film, right? Like, you know, there's there's not too many, there's not too many properties I could think of without going back to like fucking some John Wayne something or something that really just stays there and gives us perspective on the American frontier. And he just humanizes it in a way. That like I didn't really know I needed until he came along, man. Um, you know, he's always telling a lot of stories at one time, man. And and you know, it, it's it's really like a hotbed for the for you know giving indigenous people a voice, not in the same way that like Reservation Dogs did, uh, you know, Martin, but in yeah. a way that like really 
really, first of all, he doesn't paint them as victims. You know what I'm saying? I mean, even though they, right. you know, not that he's trying to take that away from them, but he paints them as like, you know, like, how do I put this, man? He just paints them as like, yo, they fucking matter, bro. And you need to pay attention to that. And you feel that, you know, you feel that in the dialogue and in, in, in the way that he chooses to portray certain characters um, and, you know, in their motivations. You know what I mean? Like you could tell he has a soft spot for the indigenous people, um, but just by the way that he covers them. And I, and I think one thing that he does very well is that he's just very fair to all sides, you know, that like, you know, he's probably a little bit less fair to like. You know the 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 white side. Probably he comes from that, and he, you know, if there's anybody to be painted as a villain, like he he kind of he kind of puts that on to like the white folks. But at the same time, you all you always understand people's motivation, you know. And yeah, I don't know, man. He's a fucking genius to me, bro. Like I love this dude, Mm -hmm. man. And I I'll I'll piggyback on that. Like the story structure is very similar, I think, to the way Sicario is done. Mm -hmm. You know, Sicario has you know, the U.S. government from a high level. It has local law enforcement and, you know, this kind of classic view of of right and wrong. And then it has, you know, the drug dealers, right? Mm -hmm. Well, they do the same thing in Yellowstone. It's like you have a guy who, you know, the Duttons, who are a seven-generation ranch, who are like, I don't know the full backstory. We're going to find that out later in another show. But, like, they're like, yo, we've been here, too. Like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they stole it from some Indians. Maybe they didn't. I don't really know. But they're kind of like, we're here too. And then you have the story of the Indians and the indigenous people. And then you have the story of the developers who are trying to develop the area. And it's all three of them just trying to like duck and dodge each other. And like what I love about Taylor is that you get to see everyone's perspective from a very, you're right, like a fair perspective. You know, it's- yeah. You, there are times I'm like, dang, like, I don't know who to root for. Right. Like, I don't know if, you know, sometimes I was like, man, the indigenous people are being kind of dicks. Like, you know, like, you know, <laughs> this is his land. Like, right. I mean, I know, I know it may, he may or may not have stolen it 200 years ago, but like right now that's his land. <laughs> right. Like, you know, yeah. like you can't just walk up on his, on his front porch and not, and not expect the, you know, the heat to come out. So, you know, so there's a lot of different, you know, things that are going on. You know, and kind of on that, Corey, what you're saying, because it does it what it does do very, very well is the my the enemy of my enemy sort of like banter. Right. Like, you know, um, and what it really does show is that like progress is the real enemy. Like, like Corey was saying, development is the real enemy. So it's like, yeah, we can bicker about this fucking land and shit. But like at the end of the day, there is a complete outsider that's looking to inhabit this and you ain't going to have that sort of personal relationship with that. So you might as well work with me to fight against this motherfucker. And once we get them out the way, now then we can discuss our business, you know, so it, do, it does this real enemy of my enemy um, a bit that seems like for the entire four seasons, man, it's really good. And it's like a new enemy every two seasons. <laughs> You yeah. know, the, you know, it's really cool, man. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like that, like I said, if you like that Sicario, you know, where you, you know, what is the, 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 the line between right and wrong is real gray, mm-hmm. you know? And like it, so if you enjoy kind of navigating that with, with characters, I think you'll really enjoy it. And I yeah. think it's a great show and I, I love it. I think it's, 
seriously, it's a great show, and I think everyone should watch it. Like, go watch it right now. So, would you say it's less of like a crime story than it is like a just a family drama? It, it not, it's like nah. half and half because it got the succession family shit going on too. You know, yeah. where it's like these sibling sibling rivalries and backstories, and you know, um, uh, abandonment issues and all this other shit. You know, except for you know Logan, like like John Dutton, that's the Kevin Costner's character. Him and Logan Roy are not really the same. Like Logan's a fucking tyrant, you know, and, yeah. and John Dutton ain't really like that. Um, but he is a hard ass, you know what I mean? And he does sometimes fan the flames and, you know, he he picks his favorites at certain times and shit like that, but it's not as cutthroat. Um, I will say Shiv don't don't got nothing on Beth. <laughs> Oh yeah. Beth, yeah. Beth an asshole. Beth, Beth might be the biggest, like the the craziest bad guy on television, like of all time. Like she is I'm scared of her like in real life now because of like how well she does on this show. But yeah, yeah, Shiv don't got shit on Beth. So yeah, I think it's a half and half. Part part of the time you're dealing with some family, family ranch stuff. And then the other but half then, of the time, you're dealing with, you know, criminal elements. And- well, I would say, I mean, it has, I would say it doesn't have criminal. It has crime and violence, but it also, there's a, there's a heavy political angle. Like yeah. you got to follow, you got to follow how they navigate the politics. Right. And then, you know, so, I mean, and then business, there's a, there's a heavy business side of it of like how to navigate business and all that other fun stuff. That's yeah. a good point. That's yeah. a very good point. Great show. Like Corey said, I echo that. And that's just one of the, that was, it seems like that was the first show that opened up the whole Taylor Sheridan verse to where yeah. now we got mm-hmm. Mayor of Kingstown and then 1883, which is the prequel to Yellowstone. Uh, yeah, so who's, is anybody watching 1883? I'm watching 1883. Ooh. Yes, I'm watching 1883 as well. I actually started watching 1883 before Yellowstone, but only like two episodes, so it doesn't matter. But okay. Um, if you like the tone of Yellowstone, they, you know, obviously, uh, 1883 takes place in 1883, so <laughs> they don't literally do the same things cause it's Oregon trail, the show, right. but, <laughs> um, but the tone and the editing style and the kind of, you know, multiple, like who to root for kind of thing is still prevalent. Mm-hmm. So, so is it like. Is it like people going west for the gold rush and then like clashing with people? What's the motivation behind these characters? They they're just trying to improve their situations. They're just in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, the well, when a, a family that you um, encounter is in a bad way, mm-hmm. um, they the the very beginning of the show shows their demise, um, mm-hmm. and then I guess we're working backwards up to that point. I'm assuming we get to that point at the end of the season, but I'm not sure. Um, they encounter, I don't know, what, what would we call him? Is he like an outfitter? I don't know what we would, a, a guide? A tr- <laughs> yeah. Um, so there, it, it's, the show starts in Texas. Mm-hmm. And basically during this time, it literally is Oregon Trail. Like they want to get to Oregon. And right. they want to get to Oregon for a better life. Oregon is just awesome, apparently, in 1883. Um, so one of the points that's like kind of a jump off point for Oregon is where they're at. So, yeah, a guide, um, Sam Elliott, he plays kind of a, you know, I've done the journey a few times. I take people on this journey. You pay me. I, he kind of reminds me of Rip 
on the low treasy. Oh, like he okay. feels like he feels kind of like the rip, like the rip of the but, thing. Okay. Yeah, but at the same time, the main Dutton character has a lot of like ripish kind of things too. But you know, if I had to say who was rip, it's more Sam Elliott. Like he's like, yo, we we gonna make it to Oregon, right. but not all of y'all are gonna make it, but we gonna make it. Right. <laughs> and they're they're right. guiding yeah. this group of immigrants that yeah. are. A bunch of different Germanic cultures, I guess. Okay. Because um, they don't yeah. all speak the same language. No, no. Um, and and then the Duttons get involved. My memory, it's because the Duttons show that like he's kind of a badass, mm-hmm. and Sam Elliott asks him like, "Yo, will you please come along and kind of help me on this journey? Because I'm going on this journey, you're going on this journey. Will you help us?" So he doesn't really want to help them. Um. And he sometimes does put his foot down and is like, nah, I'm not helping y'all. Y'all lame he'd be asses. Like, he'd be like, that's your motherfucking problem. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's about the Duttons, who mm-hmm. are uh, a wife and two kids. Mm-hmm. And, and then, a sister and a niece. Ah, uh, yes, a sister and a niece. And then they are traveling alongside the Germanic group, or we think European group. Yeah, the European To, to, to Europe, yeah. Mm. So... Damn. Okay, that's dope, man. Does uh, so have uh do do we know is that supposed to be just like a one series thing, like a one season thing, or is it supposed to just they didn't run say parallel? they didn't say limited. You know that's usually the code word for we we gonna end this, right? So I feel like they, but they they show you everybody dying at the fucking beginning, uh, so I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> like the first scene is like her doing this voiceover, which um. Shout out to you, Chandler. You're not here. You missed me doing it before we started recording. But she basically is like, get, the, the Indians are fucking them up. Right. <laughs> so, wow. And I'm just kind of like, but, you know, I see white people trying to settle in the West. And I'm just kind of like, mm, well, I mean, they was there first. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, like, I'm I'm awful because <laughs> we were watching. I was like, should have killed them all. Like, right. <laughs> but Dang. I mean, these are not real people. Don't at me. Yeah, but, no, I feel you. But in your fictitious world, like, you should have killed them all. Right, right. So, That's interesting. I and, mean, you know, we haven't gotten into heavy politics, but at the same time, it's it it has the same kind of Taylor vibe. You know, if you, you know, there's definitely, there's things that Taylor does in his shows and movies that are cross all of the of the above. Mm-hmm. This one just, it's very similar in tone and pace and editing style. So honestly, I, I think if you like it, you'll you'll enjoy the show. Yeah, the, so. honestly, the production quality seemed a lot better in 1883 than it did than it does in Yellowstone. Just off the previews that I've seen, it like it feels bigger, more massive, uh, a different texture to it. You know, I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah. I haven't watched Yellowstone. I'm enjoying it. Westerns are not my thing. Um, my man friend don't want to watch no more of my outhouse shit. Uh, Out our house. Art house shit. Art house shit. I've been making him watch. Right. Um, Good for him. But I'll tell you. (laughs) On a small tangent, though, like in exchange for watching Moonlight, I watched The Godfather. I was not going to tell (laughs) y'all. The Godfather's my shit. I could do that one for days. But, Mm. um, you know, because I thought that too, because like I have a hard time with Westerns. Some Westerns are just a little too much for me. but it doesn't feel like a Western. Right. It kind of just feels like this little adventure. Right. You know, they just happen to be in 1883. You know, it's not it's not as episodic as typical Westerns are. Yeah. And, um, I would agree with that. Damn. That and I dope. like that the um the the black guy is is like not the help. 
<laughs> you know, like he, he's he is definitely a sidekick, but like he has the best one liners. Yeah. So what was the one? He was like, that's he was like, that's French. He was like, how you know that? He was like, because I used to fuck a French woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a he's definitely a sidekick, and and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it it it's not, but it's not because he's black. I think he's it, not a he's not a victim, yeah. and he's yeah. not like he's he he is amongst his peers and he is seen as an equal by the group so yeah like, I, 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 don't have, I don't have an issue with him being a sidekick yeah because... and I, I actually kind of like that i was like thank you like we're just the, he makes reference to it once or twice but at the same time it, it you know he's respected it's part of the journey right you know i'm like let's not you know over spoon feed our audience with something you know so. I, I just they're all out there trying to survive and he is one of the people keeping them alive so mm-hmm. like they respect him um i also don't think i would I, I don't have an issue with him being a sidekick character um because he there are white people who are also sidekick characters yeah, yeah. and the the story of you know the western frontier is largely not a black person story so yeah. like Black people don't fucking live in Oregon. <laughs> so, like, it's fine. <laughs> like, he's he's representative of the, the 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 ratio of black folks that should be in the fucking story. Side note, side note. I have been to Oregon, and Oregon is is awesome. I really enjoy Oregon. I like so Oregon, too. To, yo, Oregon I've is, never been, but I know someone from Oregon. When I went to she Portland, awesome. Portland is like one giant Ghent. It was awesome. I loved, I loved <laughs> that's it. That's what I've heard. Yo, I dope. loved it. Shout out to They told me that's where hipsters go to go to die. So uh, maybe I'll be maybe there I'll in Denver. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to Denver, Denver, but I didn't like Denver. I didn't care. Oh, I love Denver. Denver. Yeah. I forgot I, which, I need to go to uh, which year it was, but I heard like it used to be like illegal to be black in Oregon. No shit. No shit. <laughs> yeah, like they would uh they were basically every year they would kind of like whip black people until they like went across the line to like another state basically. I forgot which year it, they stopped doing that. But yeah, oh. <laughs> Oregon's pretty racist. Well, I, I, yeah, yeah, just like that, yeah. stop like in Oregon. <laughs> well, also too, I mean, you know, <laughs> Corey would have no friends in Oregon. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just be alone. Just all alone. Be like, where are my friends? <laughs> yeah, then I'd probably freak out the first black person they see. Mm-hmm. Like, you get him run up to him and yeah. hug him. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only other state next to uh, New Jersey where you didn't have to pump your own gas. Oregon. Yep. But the um the other thing too is about eighteen eighty three is I mean it's in the 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 tagline like you know this is the journey of the Duttons right mm-hmm. so we know that they make it to Montana you right. know so but they're I think they're keeping that kind of close to the keeping that on the cuff yeah know? I guess so, for maybe people that haven't seen Yellowstone you know yeah they, they well probably- in Yellowstone they don't really talk about it either you know they just go you know uh, my grandpappy's ranch you know okay yeah. you know they definitely yeah, they don't never, talk about no trail to Oregon yeah. for sure no nothing yeah. they don't talk about how unless in season 4 they do it they, nah. but as far as i know they don't talk about how they got there at all not nah, there so, is a scene in season 4 that looked like to me was sort of like the proof of concept for 1883 where they went back and showed oh, okay. one of the duttons uh dying you know kind of mm-hmm. like he he I, he made it home and he died like kind of in front of his family at the house while they were eating dinner. Um, oh, but it was like, yeah, it was like a, you know, like a, like a flashback scene. I can't even remember why they showed it, but yeah, that to me, it just seemed like, oh, this was the thing that the impetus for like 1883, like he did this and they were like, oh, yo, we need to make a whole nother show. So yep. it, it sounds like he's staying true to himself in terms of like dialogue, because that's the thing that I really, that really to me separates Sheridan from a lot of other people. 
is the way that he writes his dialogue. Like every, like, uh, I, I, I said this to you, Corey, and I'll say this, but I know it's not the best description. Like, you know, everybody kind of knows their, their, their true North, right? Like yeah. every character responds exactly how, very efficiently and exactly how that character is supposed to respond, you know, for any yeah. given situation. Like he just always knows the true North for the character that he's writing. Well, and, it feels realistic. It feels like, cause that's, to me, that's what human beings are. Yeah. Like, you know, I, we meet people in our lives that do things and they, they believe that they are right. And, you know, for, for to some degree they are right because that's their truth. Yeah. You know, that's, whatever journey they're on or whatever thing that they're trying to accomplish and you know we get mad at people and we go why did you do this or why did you think this way and it's like well that's what's true for me yeah. you know and and i love that about him you know i mean down to you know wind river had some really great stuff involved with that sicario mm -hmm. has some stuff with that where it's just like look like this is what i'm doing this is what i have to accomplish yeah. and unfortunately you're either gonna understand it or you're gonna be trampled yeah. under it you That's know and judge me accordingly you know and i love that i love that his stuff always kind of leaves you kind of open for interpretation i think a lot of people would agree with dutton and then some people would be like no and then other people would agree with you know right there was a moment when i was the the developer i was like yo he ain't bad he's just trying to build a hotel uh, yeah i mean and y'all y'all assaulted him <laughs> it, it makes <laughs> sense know? yeah you know like and you're and you're wondering why he's mad right <laughs> like, right you know so i mean you just you know it's about causing causing effect cause and effect for sure and he carries that right over into mayor of kingstown which yeah. paramount you know yeah, Paramount must have thrown fucking Taylor Sheridan the bag because he definitely yeah. has three properties. And I'm pretty sure he's probably got more in development uh, with them. But Mayor Kingstown, that it, it, you know, follows on that same trend um, mm -hmm. in terms of like, you know, the realistic dialogue of characters, somewhat of a frontier story, but not really. Like it's, you know, it's set in Michigan in and around Detroit, I believe. Kingstown, I think it's like a fictional city, like around Detroit. Yeah, yeah. And um, I didn't know how much I needed to see Jeremy Renner on television. Mm. I really, I've I've always been like a huge fan of Jeremy Renner, and I know he's yeah. kind of got like his reputation, or I guess is kind of like an asshole or somebody that's hard to deal with. Really? Uh, yeah, there. I've I've been catching like whiffs of that. I don't know how real it is. It's not that I'm hearing it from like, anybody that's actually worked with them. It's more so like sort of piecing hmm. these things together. Did you get that vibe, Corey? Too that like? No, I've never heard that. The only thing that I've ever seen him do, which me and Martin always joke about, we we both saw when he was doing press mm -hmm. for that um, yeah, Hansel and Gretel. Yo, shit. Hansel and Gretel, <laughs> shit. and you could tell. You could tell he didn't want nothing to do with that fucking movie. Yeah. And if you go online and watch like the Good Morning America, the the, the press tour shit, right. yo, he's got this look on his face. Like, fuck it's, this shit. It's really funny because he gave no fucks about that film. Wow. And uh, that was not, one that like they recorded and held on to, and then he yeah. made some bigger shit, and then they released yeah. it, and he was yeah. like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, because you know. <laughs> It's just funny, and I think I think Martin may have pulled it up a couple years ago. There was like a montage of it, like somebody on YouTube made a video where it's just 
It's just a nut. It's just a bunch of video of, of him just sitting like this. Oh wow! <laughs> like, oh yeah, I need to like, see that. Like, yo, just so pissed off that he's got to do press for the Hansel and Gretel movie. So, see, I, I but other catching, than that, I've never heard anything bad. Yeah, because because they were supposed they were trying to take they were trying to give him from what I understand they were trying to give him the Jason Bourne franchise. Like, you know, like Matt Damon kind of put it down and they were passing the torch to to Jeremy Renner. So they got the Born, what was the one he did? It was like the Born Legacy. The Born Legacy yeah. joint. And mm. it didn't work out for whatever reason. And then they tried I, to give him Mission Impossible. Exactly. Yeah. And then they tried to do Mission Impossible, then it didn't work out. He's not out. a big enough star. Well, I think Born didn't work out. That just I think that was just like, yo, that movie sucked. And you know. Sorry, but it didn't though. I liked it. Oh, really? I love uh, it. Mission Impossible. What what I believe I read was was that Tom Cruise was a little shaky, his reputation. Mm. But then the movie ended up doing like amazingly well at the box office, and it wasn't because of Jeremy Renner. Mm. So Tom said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm gonna take that back." Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think yeah. Jeremy bounce because he's just like well you don't you don't need me anymore like why would i stick around for this but the originally they were trying to do a handoff and like i said i think i think the movie just did so well that tom cruise was just like there's no way i'm getting rid of this right so interesting and then you know obviously mission impossible has gone on to make a lot more money right okay i i enjoy him i think my favorite performance of his is hawkeye no, mm. no, not Hawkeye. Why did I say Whoa. that? I was, the, I was like, the, the town. Oh, the town. Yeah, I've never seen the town. I need to. I need to watch. You've never the seen the town. I've never seen the town. And Get I, your life together. I know. I need. It's on. You would enjoy that. Yeah. It's just. Cases. It just came on some streaming service like very recently. I need to go watch it. Yeah. Did, I, I think it's on Netflix. I liked him in his original, um, you know, the Hurt Locker. He did a very good job in Hurt Locker. Yeah, Hurt Locker, Hurt Locker so, was the shit yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, Wind. I, I still love him in Wind River, man. Like, Wind River, Wind River they, man. Wind River is a great film that not a lot of people watch, yeah. and it's sad because uh, it's got some great people in it. Uh, John Bernthal. Yeah. Um, the actresses. Um, I don't know their names. They're in Yellowstone. Um, yeah, well. the one that plays Casey's girlfriend. Yeah, they're, they're very yeah. good as well. It's it's, it's a really Really, really good film. And oh, Elizabeth Olsen, she was the other one. Yeah, that yes. was it. Yeah, mm-hmm. She was the main. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just uh, jumping back to the town real quick, Corey, yeah. just know that the town has basically set it off, but with white men in Boston <laughs> instead of black women in Compton. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, right. it's like the same exact storyline, you know, if you, if you go for it line item by line item. That's Production cool. value is a little higher. Well, yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> shit. You know, it was done for less money back in the '90s. Set it off was by F. Gary Gray coming right off of what he had just he had only done Friday at that point, I think, right? And then he and, did set it off. Ring a ding ding and, dong. Yes. Oh yeah, it was keep your heads ringing. Yeah, but the town is good though. Um, but yeah, man, Mayor Kingstown is is another good one if you're. Who if you're watched for, Mayor? Just you and me. Yeah. Yeah. I saw an episode of it, but I. My boyfriend had already started watching it, so I just I don't uh, know what's going on. Yeah. I'll I'll give a brief thing about it. It's it's good. I don't think it. I, I said this the last podcast or two. I, it's not Taylor's best work. Okay. It, but it it feels like maybe because someone. I mean, I know the Antoine uh, Fuqua. I, I just I butchered that. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, um, Fuqua. And you said I mean, it right. he, he's involved, <laughs> but I I I'm saying this not that I'm blaming him. Mm-hmm. It just it feels like someone else is involved and he yes. happens to be the person involved. So that's not a bad thing. But like Taylor's work, it doesn't feel like Taylor had all the control, maybe. Right. You know, and so 
I don't know. It, it it just doesn't feel as good as as his normal stuff. But you know. it didn't. I tell you, because you remember I was texting you for like the first two episodes. I was like, nah, this shit is basura trash, bro. It's just extra trash. Mm-hmm. And then episode three, something happens in episode three that after that shit happened, I was hooked. What it, 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 you know what it what it's like, man? Um, for me, Mayor Kingstown was I had to catch the beat. Because I, I couldn't yeah. understand the beat of what was actually happening. And once I understood the beat, I was like, okay, I got the flow down. Because yeah. this story is very non-conventional in the way that it's like, it opens, it seems like it's it starts opening up stories and not really closing loops. And then what happened, it, it almost seems like they're showing you a bunch of shit that's unrelated. And then it starts weaving to in together and you're yeah. like oh shit like it's, well, it's weird you were like the fifth person that i had to say i was like yo you have to keep going yeah like do, i had like four friends who were like i don't know Corey, i don't know and i was like no, no no just keep going yeah just keep going and there's a hump that you get over around episode five yep. and then it all makes sense and and taylor's work to piggyback on what we've been talking i've always said this every syllable and every scene matters. They matter. You just may not know why just yet. Yeah. And that includes, and I think ta- I think with Mayor, just the distance between scenes and the matter was a, a little bit longer than we're used to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Other shows, you you only have to wait an episode or so before it all starts to connect. Or in the film, you you wait till the you know the third act or something like that. But like. Uh, mayor made you wait like half a season it really did <laughs> you know yeah. and so people that i was talking to were ready to give up and i was like no it's gonna come together and it all it all comes it, together yeah. so and i don't know if that's him i don't know if that's the network i don't know who, you know it just it, it just feels different and, and that's okay yeah. i mean if, if that's his artistic way of branching out a little bit well that's cool yeah. you know it worked for me I, I thought it was really ballsy of him to name it mayor of kingstown after just had a mayor, mayor of, of East Town. Town. Yeah. yeah, it took me forever to get used to that. Like, um, you know, yeah, that's is, I didn't understand. Is that, that like but. when Armageddon and Deep Impact came out the same summer? Is you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> Dante's Beacon Volcano. Yeah, right. like in the same week. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I it'd be funny if um, I mean, two different shows. contagion and outbreak. Yeah, like, they just yeah. be doing this shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I mean, they're two completely different shows. So I mean, but definitely very weird play on words to come out so similar yeah yeah very good yeah that the i i appreciate it it's it's a good watch it's it's a good little bingeable but i think we gave taylor sheridan enough time on this episode what uh what else is going on guys with and, and uh, y'all been watching the bubba fat boba fat how you pronounce it you know trees don't know <laughs> shit bubba chuck the bubba chuck <laughs> shout out to iverson yeah um boba fett okay boba fett it's not cool. Boba Fett, not Boba Fett. Bobo Fett. <laughs> I, 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 it, 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 it feels like how Marvel TV feels right now for me. Like it's not, it, it doesn't really move the needle, but it's like, oh, cool content for eight weeks, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, whereas Mandalorian was, you know, that was cool. Everybody. It was groundbreaking. Yeah. It's kind of groundbreaking, kind of, you know. You can say what you want, but for me, Star Wars was kind of in the dumpsters. So you have this new thing that's going to bring it back, and it brought it back with such vigor. Um, 
this show's cool. I, I, I I'm just being critical because that's what we do on this show. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I, I hope they keep making it. I hope they keep making stuff like this. But right now, it, it, it really jumped to Marvel TV really fast for me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of here. It, I just watch. It doesn't it feels really do like, much for me. It feels like they're trying to recreate the magic of the Mandalorian. Um, this, the Mandalorian is a space western, um, <laughs> very yeah. classically. This does not feel like that. This feels like the rise of a crime boss. That this is trying to be like some mafia shit in space. Oh, this sounds like my bag. It's yeah, not. It's not. <laughs> it's, not. <laughs> it's not. It's okay. very okay. So the Mandalorian is Easter egg heavy, but you have to be very deep into Star Wars to appreciate what they're doing in Boba Fett. Whereas I think with the Mandalorian, you'd have to catch up with a couple of things, but you could jump right into it and have fun with it. Like this is just like, you have to know about Bib Fortuna and you have to know about what was going on with the Huts and, um, and Jabba, and there's so many throwbacks to because you're in Jabba's palace and the Rancor, and like they, just, it's just an Easter egg hunt. Like that's all it um, is. I'm geez. totally with you. My my roommate, I had to pause like every other second. Yo, she she was just right. like, yo, what is this? What is that? And I was like, yo, listen, Sugar Puff, if you haven't watched the last twelve movies, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's I, yeah. you really need to watch the Star Wars saga. So. Got it. I just feel like <laughs> what, what, what I feel like this is the first uh, the first Dis- the first show I f- I really feel like that Disney is the streaming service that is on like Mandalorian. Even though it's on Disney, it doesn't really feel like a kids show outside of like Grogu. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Th- it really isn't like a kids show. But here it's like they go out of their way to like tell a crime story, but where like the protagonist is kind of like almost a pacifist in a lot of ways that doesn't make sense. Like he should have been dead in like the first episode if, if then, it was like a real crime story. So, <laughs> and then my thing too was, you know, if you're, if you're a star Wars nerd, you know, Boba Fett falling into the Sarlacc pit, you know, we all kind of knew he'd get out in our own way. Like if you were super nerd and read the books, you knew he got out. If you, if you played the video games, you kind of knew he got out. So like, when you finally see it on screen, like I feel like they kind of half-assed it. You it know? was anticlimactic as fuck. Yeah, fun. like it was like, yo, Interesting. there are super fans that have been waiting like 30 years to find out how he made it out. And, and they don't give it just, to you. No, well, as soon as I as soon as I saw his fucking armor in The Mandalorian, I was like, even though it wasn't him, who's it, Cobb Vanth that was wearing it? Yeah. I was still like. How, yo, how do you get out? You get out the Sarlacc. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> like, yo, the Sarlacc how, how do you get out of the Sarlacc? Scream. It's legend. So yeah. I'm like, yo, how the fuck did you get out of there? And I feel like the crate dragon scene in Mandalorian was what we wanted to see as Boba yeah. Fett escaping the Sarlacc. Yeah. And we didn't get that. Um, I expected a whole episode dedicated to the exit. I, I was like, yo, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. They're going to do a whole episode. It was like 10 seconds. How do but y'all feel watch- about the flashbacks? Because there's like so many flash. Like the, I think the I think we're done episode, with them. Oh yeah, because last episode was like almost entirely a flashback. Like most of them have been. I mean, yeah. some, some of the things that happen in the flashback are cool, but I don't understand 
why they're needed. Just tell us the story from the fucking beginning. I know. Like, I'm with you. Like, it doesn't, I'm like, cool story, bro. Like, <laughs> especially you know? since it's like. Not a long, it's not a long amount of time. We know that like the Mandalorian takes place like right after the um, Return of the Jedi. And this nigga fell in the Starlet <laughs> in Return of the Jedi. So like, why we got to. Why we gotta jump back and forth in time? Like, just yeah. we know that this is taking place. If we see him escaping the Starlight, we know that this is taking place before, um, before his episode of Mando, and we've just got to the past the point where he picks up Fennec, and we're aligned with the Mando timeline. So, like, why couldn't we have just done that? We're smart enough to follow it. We don't have to keep jumping back and forth in time. Yeah. Um. To the to the post credit scene, the timeline of the post credit scene where he kills. Fortuna. I don't understand that. Um, I I I don't hate it. I just don't understand why he's a pacifist, like you said. Like they made him so gangster, he just comes up and fucking kills Bill Fortuna. Like go out in a fucking blaze, my guy. Like yeah. <laughs> that was that was the thing. Yeah. I, I just didn't get it. Mm. And I and just feel like oh, you spend so much time in these flashbacks with a bunch of characters that don't have any dialogue, so it kind of makes it worse. <laughs> Because the Tuscan Raiders like can't really talk. Like they just make sounds. And the fucking Jawa. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. We got we got we got the Tuscan Raiders who literally just like inhale screaming. That's the only noise they make. Yeah. I was hoping I was hoping they was gonna really, you know, flip the script and have them take off the mask or something. You know, like really I mean I get Living do with they the have Tuscan. faces? This is bothering me. Do I don't they know, have faces? No. Do, I don't know do they, they have got. faces and do the Jawa have faces? Like nobody. Knows. Does anyone on Tatooine have faces besides the huts and the humans? Nobody knows. So I, I I'm with you. I it's very it, it went from, you know, a show like Mando is a show that I'm I remember and I'm looking forward to. And now it's a show that like when this is over, I'm just gonna be like, okay, thanks. Just like how I did with Hawkeye. It's how I did with falcon and all that it's just something to watch so uh this being the trial run are you guys still interested in ahsoka and lando and all the other 20 shows that they're trying to do sure. i definitely want to watch lando because it's donald glover and why would i not yeah. oh they're doing yeah. one with donald glover mm-hmm. a, a show yeah. mm-hmm. oh shit where have yeah. i been we um, talked about this the very first episode, whatever, <laughs> so, that I was on on the show, but it's okay. I mean, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. I know about the 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 Lando movie that he did. What I'm saying is they have a TV show. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think it's um Justin Simeon's doing it. I, I believe. Holy I, shit! That makes me scared. I don't. Justin Simeon scares me. Is that bad hair bullshit? He should have flushed that uh, in the toilet. I, I enjoyed being here, should. but yeah, well, I don't understand how. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want better for your sensibilities, Damn. but um, yeah, I am. Um, I'm gonna watch it because I yep. like Donald Glover, but mm-hmm. I don't. It's, I don't want to see. Ju- I don't want to see Justin Simi in the Star Wars. Like, it may, does that make me anti-black? I don't know. Who am I right now? <laughs> <laughs> And also too, what's what's the what's the main actor's name? Um, Tamora Morrison. Let's be real, guys. <laughs> I, you know, we ain't seen that dude in like twenty years, yo. <laughs> and there's a reason. <laughs> there's a there's a whole reason why we haven't seen him in anything else since episode three. Is Taika uh, Waititi uh, directing any of these episodes? Like, I feel like he should be. I feel like that makes the most sense. But... I think Robert Rodriguez is doing a lot of them. 
Yeah, yeah he is. Yeah. Mm. Like I said, it's something to watch. Uh, I'm I'm happy we live in a world that you know there are cool TV shows like this, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Interesting, man. Y'all, I'm I ain't gonna lie, man. Just listening every time y'all talk about Star Wars, man. Y'all, it sounds like a whole new language. Y'all be pulling out people all types. First of all, Star Wars has more characters than The Wire. Let's start there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Over three generations. Yeah. And then all these code names for shit. It, it, boy, this it got my head Listen, hurting. Brother, it's, it's, it's not hard. You just got to sit down and watch the movies. Yeah, I try. You, ref, you continue to refuse to do that. We so. we've been down this road. Yeah. I've tried. It just ain't for me. He ain't, that nigga the, the, George Lucas won't think about me when he made them shits. <laughs> I think I think you would like Rogue One. I think that would be Rogue a good one. movie for you to watch. That'd be the one. Yeah, yeah. Rogue One is Rogue One is of all the things that they've made like in this new phase of of Star Wars with Disney. Mm-hmm. Rogue One has been my favorite, the best. mostly because of that epic Darth Vader fight scene at the end of it. But that, that ain't <laughs> that the, was a pretty good one. That ain't the one Corey always calls the hope of your hope, is it? No, no, that's a uh, Force Seven. Awakens. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, that yeah, bullshit. Like, the hopiest hope. The <laughs> mm. hopier hope. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's that for that. What uh, what else has been in our queue, guys? I know did nobody watched Macbeth, right? None of us watched Macbeth. Nah. I started Macbeth. Uh-huh. No. Um, we watched the last duel, and then the next night we were like, How are we gonna top it? And I had listened to um Pop Culture Happy Hour did a review of Macbeth and the portrayal of the witch was something I was really interested in seeing. But you know, that's at the very beginning. Yeah. And like after I saw that, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of good. I realized. Mm-hmm. That I have my favorite, watching that, that I have my favorite Shakespeare stories. So I can, Hamlet, I know. Mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet, I know. Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, Othello's your shit. Othello. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, is it Twelfth Night? Twelfth Night, I know. Like, I know these stories, right? Okay. I realized sitting there that I've never front to back Macbeth. Oh, that's and my I favorite con- one. I was confusing Macbeth with Hamlet a lot. And I was just kind of like, wait a minute. <laughs> so, mm. but I, I know what's happening. One of the things that they did, a choice that they made that I think is a good choice is that number one, everyone is speaking in their own like native accent. Mm-hmm. Super helpful. Cause Denzel trying to talk like a Scotsman for the comedic value probably would have been great. It would not have helped. Um, like, and they're also let me in this motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> with a thick. They have him trying to talk like Sir Sean Connery, because right. um, that's how you're supposed to do this shit. Right, but right. Um, and then two, they abandon the iambic pentameter because it's it's like a specific cadence that you're supposed to speak in because of the rhyme scheme of the prose. Mm. And so they abandoned that to make it easier to digest. And the parts of it that I did watch made it easier to digest. But it was just kind of like, I have so much of Romeo and Juliet and Hamlet and Midsummer Night's Dream memorized from my childhood Mm -hmm. that I don't have to think about what the fuck they're saying when I watch that, but I don't have Macbeth memorized. Mm. And I was just like, I'm having this shit make me think too hard. I don't want to watch it. (laughs) Like I cut it off. Now- Shorty contorting and how they they gave her multiple personalities or they were the three witches were in one body and then they separate that shit was a lie. Oh, see, I like I that whole see like, when when um you didn't you didn't see that part? I, I haven't seen Macbeth at all. 
Oh, bro. Yeah, that's why I'm like, like you kind of. She deserves an Oscar for that. Oh wow! Who even if you don't watch any of the rest of it, we didn't get a double double toil and trouble out of it, but it's fine. They changed some things, but (laughs) I just my brain didn't. I just I was not in the mood to fucking think that hard. I was like, I'm good. Got it. You know, I have a hard time with Shakespeare. Um, I usually don't, but I felt like a whole bitch. (laughs) I mean, I'm gonna try again. I respect it, but. I'm probably not gonna watch it. Sorry, I, I just, Shakespeare's is a challenging thing, and I'm a typical, typical, you know, modern human being. I would now. encourage you to watch the first twenty minutes just so you can see that performance. And if uh-huh. she does not get nominated for any awards, somebody has to fight. Who's me. the she? Is it Frances McDormand? Who? No, it's not Frances McDormand. She plays Lady Macbeth. Um, okay. It is. She is an actress that I have fucking seen in Harry Potter and nowhere else. Hold on. Um, I can tell you in just a second. I'm going to be real. Listen to you talk about Shakespeare. I'm going to be honest. I didn't know we were supposed to give a fuck that much about Shakespeare. Because I, I. What do you mean? Like, I couldn't tell you. Sh- I mean, I could tell you. I mean, I heard of the motherfucker. I read some of the motherfucker. But like, I don't give a fuck about the motherfucker. I don't know. But I didn't know we were supposed to like retain all this shit about Shakespeare. I didn't think we had to use it in the real world. But you're making me you're making me realize that oh shit we maybe we needed to use Shakespeare in the Man, real world. I mean I've seen Romeo and Juliet, the giant with Leo and what's his what's her face. I've Claire seen Danes. so many iterations of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, I, I, I don't and know. They, I, when yeah. I was watching Station Eleven and they were giving a performance of Hamlet, I found myself repeating the dialogue, <laughs> the part where oh, he wow. said. He was like, you were the queen, your husband's brother's wife, and whether that were not still, you are my mother. I was like, why the fuck do I remember that? That's a great question. Why the fuck do you Ask me how that? to do calculus, <laughs> nigga. I can't tell yeah, you. Like, I, I can recite even more of a Midsummer Night's Dream because I was in that play when I was very small. But like, Shakespeare stories are cool. You probably you probably would enjoy the comedies more than the tragedies, but. I'm I'm gonna be honest, man. I think I feel the same way about Shakespeare as I feel about what's that movie everybody swore is the best movie of all time, the uh the Orwell film. Citizen or, or Orson Kane. Wells. Citizen yeah. Kane. I watched Kane. that shit and I just be like, oh, I guess I had to be there. Cause like You didn't like Baz Lorman? You didn't you didn't like Baz Lorman's Romeo and Juliet? No, not at all. Did you like Baz Lorman's Gatsby? No, not at all. What is Damn. wrong with your life? Damn, you. you Gatsby you, was good. <laughs> do you find joy in your existence? I do. Like, I do, man. Those are such beautiful, opulent <laughs> yeah. movies. Yeah. Shit, they just don't speak to me, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know I'm what to tell you. I'm, Bring me my long sword, ho. I bite my thumb at feet. As much as I have a hard time with Shakespeare, I got to give him credit. Like, the Romeo and Juliet will, does a very good job of getting you into it. You know, like, it's. It's done well, you know. It's it's a, it's a done well film. Mm, so. The actress's name is Catherine Hunter, and she killed it. Okay, she's British, older woman. Got it. But Damn, just the Gatsby? first twenty minutes. Damn. Yeah, Gatsby was good. I bought a whole pink suit because of Great Gatsby. I'm, I got I can see that, man. Listen, when she started throwing them shirts across the room, my heart uh-huh. is when they like zoom in on her face, and she's like, "Gatsby, what Gatsby?" I found myself talking along with that one too yeah. it's bad martin, martin does that shit connect with you bro shakespeare yeah i mean i, I like Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> i love Macbeth because Macbeth is kind of like an anti-hero story and mm-hmm. it's a tragedy and it's about a guy who's a villain whereas a lot of a lot of other shakespeare stories are about people who are heroes but tragedies happen to them like Macbeth is like a bad guy pretty much from the first like 
stanza or whatever. So, so do you like Richard the Third also? Um, I haven't read Richard the Third. I just know it's, Macbeth. It's it's Ham, similar. Yeah. He's a bad guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, there's a version of that with Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw like the making of it. it looked pretty good. But I've never watched the actual film of Richard Richard the Third where Al Pacino is portraying him. But I think you should get into Shakespeare just because, like, there's so much stuff that people borrow from Shakespeare. Like, Succession is King Lear, and so is, I guess, Yellowstone in a in a certain way. It's, it's I mean, it's about a father who has three daughters, and he's trying to decide which one is going to take over his kingdom. But none of them are really like up to the task. Basically, like. The archetypes that Shakespeare creates or whatever are used in like media and film and television, like throughout and, history. And that's why I compared it to Citizen Kane, because it's the same thing with Citizen yeah. Kane, where it's like, you know, this, uh, you know, th- that film bought a lot of, you know, what modern filmmaking uses. It, it, you know, it introduced, from what I understand, a lot of that to the ecosystem. So I, I, I just had to be there. Like I've seen so I've yeah. seen it done better so much. It's like I don't give a fuck about the original. I think that's the problem with the world is people like right. me that don't give a fuck about the originals. <laughs> you know, you, know um, you gotta. I mean, you gotta humble yourself. You know, you gotta go into it with that that thing and just know that. You know, I mean, we we're all guilty of it. I, I've reviewed films and like this is a horse shit, and they're like, well, Corey, I mean. <laughs> yeah. This is the first time they tried it, you yeah, know. Like, I, I mean, you you got to have some grace and understanding, and you know, know that you know back then, you know, certain things just weren't, you know, things just weren't the same. Just weren't, weren't the same. They, yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, you look at movies. I mean, the editing techniques, the shot techniques. I mean, there was a time when everything was in focus, and anything shallow depth of field was a problem. Mm. You know, and you know, I was watching Ozark the other day, and like. You know, I was like, God, this shit is dark. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean? right. like mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time seeing, you know, the the imagery. And you know, there was a time that movies and film just didn't look like that. Yeah. You know, so I mean, no, you're right. Yeah, you it's, it's definitely me. I need to get over myself. Yeah. As I'm trying to find Al Pacino's Richard the Third, mm-hmm. I have discovered. Did you know that this nigga's real name is Fredo? Oh no, I didn't know that. His name is Alfredo. Alfredo. You broke my heart, Fredo. His name is Fredo. Right. He was speaking to himself in that one. So wait. So, Lizzie, you you said you just saw The Godfather. So you haven't seen The Godfather Part 2? I couldn't find it for free anywhere. We had to pay for this one. But oh, wow. so that's how much of a person of my word you that I even, am. You didn't even catch the Fredo. I've <laughs> seen the reference a million times. I did, oh. I did get uh, the man friend to watch Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, yeah. And I saw that movie twice before I realized it was a true story. That is wild. Yeah, yeah. They they also sis that plays the the, the real trans woman in real life. Mm-hmm. She didn't look like Chris Sarandon in the bathroom. They did her dirty. Yeah, because Chris Sarandon in the bathroom is kind of like Sonny. What was you doing? But when you see the bitch in real life, you're like, no, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta see like, that. I've never seen the real the real trans woman. I'll show you, but she ain't look like Chris Sarandon in a bathrobe. They did her dirty. I mean, the pictures I saw of her were like post-op, but I cannot imagine that pre-op she looked like Chris Sarandon in a bathrobe. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, we don't got to go there. <laughs> she, like, she doesn't look like King Humperdinck that overplucked his eyebrows. Like, that's right, what that was. <laughs> right. I, you know, Dog Day Afternoon is what, 79, 80? 
somewhere I don't know. There. And in that movie, like, you really get a sense of how small, because like, Al Pacino is. He's, he looks, he doesn't, I know he's not a tall man, but in other movies, mm. he seems taller than he does in this one. He looks like a little teeny man. Right. In Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah, Bobby Cazell, man, he was he was terrifying in that film. I th- like, at least the first mm-hmm. time I saw it, I felt like he was terrifying, man. He was mm-hmm. a great actor. He was. Man. Great actor Very. taken way too soon. Way too soon. Him and him and Meryl were like Yeah, they were, they were I can't imagine. Yeah, they, they they had a little they were a little power couple, man. Uh so to speak. Definitely two great actors. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, yeah, we now we got way off. We we done went in the movies in the seventies and all types of shit. Started talking about Shakespeare at their corny ass. Well, <laughs> Y'all gonna let me slide uh, with miss- that? Y'all gonna let me slide calling Shakespeare corny? Well, I mentioned that nigga's it, but... not my cousin. I don't give a shit. <laughs> he might not even be one person. He might be like bad yeah. people. Oh, so, have yeah. you ever seen that? Uh-uh. I think what's the movie called? Um, the one about Shakespeare and Shakespeare. Love. No, not Shakespeare in Love. The one with uh, where they explored the idea that maybe he didn't write all the plays. Um, I believe that shit. Not, you might enjoy that one. Um, yeah, if it's shit, no. What I'll is it called? That. I don't know. It has like Christopher Marlowe in it and oh, mm. the Queen and oh, I, I'll find it. I can't think of what it is. Is it called Anonymous? Hmm. Or the, it's either anonymous or the words. I'm not sure okay. because I get those two confused. What were you about to say though, Corey? I feel like we oh my bad. I I threw an audible. I, I I remembered it. Is anybody watching Ozark? You know Ozark premiered. On my list, before. baby. It's anonymous. It's, it's anonymous. anonymous. That's what okay. it's called. Now, Watch that. Ozark <laughs> is on my list, bro. You know you know that's our shit. That Ozark. It's cool. It's cool. I'm on. I think I'm on episode three or something like that. So I see they drag. Cool. They you know every time they come out they drag uh, Ruth. Start calling her Justin Timberlake. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> it's the hair. Yeah, she definitely her. like bye 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 Justin. Man. So yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's it's Ozark. If you like Ozark, you'll like it. So. I I think I'll eventually get back into it because I heard like I, I watched the first two seasons and I never got to season three. And then I heard like that a character died, but then now I'm hearing that that character didn't die, so I might try to check it out. Oh, they pulled the uh, they pulled the Canaan. Uh, oh, somebody told me that Ruth died, but I guess she didn't die. Nah, in season three. No, nah, she somebody didn't die else in season must three. Have died. Not that I remember. Nah, I watched like the a... first two episodes of season three, and now I have to catch up. Mm. Three is three is really good, yeah, and good. the show is an interesting show because. It's changed over the four seasons, and it's one of the few shows that really has kind of had a a dynamic shift, you know, and what, you know, it's it's very different than it was season one, and there's some good and bad in that. Mm. So, you know, right now I'm kind of feeling like it's like the Fisher Price Breaking Bad, you know, it's kind of like <laughs> Fisher Price, my first uh, regular guy drug story. My first money but, laundering. Um, my first adventure. money laundering story. <laughs> yeah. But, um... So, I mean, if you like that kind of shit, you'll be fine. That's cool. I There's some really great things in season three, actually. There's a, a really great performance from an actor that uh, I think will really make some noise. And I hope that he uh, prospers in life. He's a really good actor. And he had some great moments in season three. So. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm way too invested in Ozark, man. So I got to finish it. Gotta hey, listen, what I've been telling people is the one thing that is consistent <laughs> is if you just listen to Marty. You'll, you'll be fine. You'll be good. And the whole show <laughs> is about how people don't listen to Marty. Yeah. 
And if you really go back and it's very accurate, if you just do what he tells you, mm. you'll, you know, you'll be fine. And Breaking Bad's a, a little similar in that way too. Right, right. Well, that's your whole thing about uh, Succession. It's like they just listen to the pops. Uh, I, I, am starting to think that's a sim- that's a a very like a writer's thing. You know, is that you know in Succession the same thing? Like if you just listen to pops, you would have been fine. But you don't want to listen to pops, right? And and that doesn't make good TV either. So got it, got it. Um, what else we got, guys? Just I'll, I'll um, take. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go. Uh, I guess uh, the show I've been watching a lot is Station Eleven. I've been kind of taking my time with it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really good show. Basically, it's about um, a pandemic. So, uh, trigger warning. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, trigger warning for sure. But instead of like coronavirus, where it kills like one percent of people, this pandemic kills like ninety nine percent of people. Oh shit! So, um, it's it's kind of about this girl, and it's told over different time periods um, from when she's like a little girl to when she's older, and she's in this like traveling like. Uh, play or like actors group or whatever mm-hmm. and they go around kind of bringing art and um, stuff like that to people in need um, because the world there is no like computers or TVs or anything like that like they have no art they have no nothing to really like inspire them and that's what they do mm. so it, it's an interesting show because it has elements of like the walking dead where it's about survival and how you can't trust people and the evil that people can do, but it's also about like hope and art and how that can inspire people. And so what do you guys, I know Corey and uh, Lizzie watched it too. What do you guys think of the show? Um, The show starts off very strong. Like you said, it's told over different time periods in yeah. a contiguous timeline, but different points um, of the pandemic. I found myself much more invested in the beginning of the story than the end of the story. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, the uh, Given, I, I think his, his name is Given, right? Or Jeevan, Jeevan. or something. That, that, I like that actor I, a lot. Yeah, I empathized with him the whole time that first episode. Like, damn, like... <laughs> Yeah. You just got this little kid. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how far you've gotten, but Jeevan just... I love Jeevan, and I was... He had some hard shit happening, yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jeevan has some hard shit happening to him, and he has just—he has looked after Kirsten in ways that, like, if I seen a little white girl, I might just be like, you know what? I got my own problems. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, Jeevan's a good, good person. Um, but I found myself much more invested in. Um, the story of Miranda and her writing this comic and like learning about Arthur Leander. Um, be, the story starts with a <laughs> a performance of Shakespeare, where <laughs> where the actor dies on stage. He he's not he just has a heart attack and dies on stage. Mm. Um, and it brings people together um, who would otherwise not necessarily know each other or be in that situation. And that continues to be one of the themes throughout. Um, the story, how people's lives are intersect and then go go apart and then intersect again, and how um time and space can can draw each other back to each other to draw people back to each other. Um, I kind of got lost at a certain point in what they were trying to tell us, and you know, I think you summed it up very um 
well, Martin, when you were saying that like, it's about art and art's ability to inspire people. Um, there is a particular work of art, Station Eleven, which is a comic book, um, mm-hmm. and not unlike what did we watch? Utopia. Yeah. Um, it it inspires people. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. People have different reactions to it and find different meanings associated with it, and just stake so much of their their hopes and and the their worldview around this piece of art. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't even figure out what the fuck the the comic book was about. <laughs> also true for Utopia, because yeah. the dialogue between the characters is very like waiting for Godot. And I'm like, what are we what are we talking about? <laughs> so um but not between the characters on the show, the characters in the comic book because they reenact some of the scenes. And I'm just like, uh, y'all gotta talk to me more plainly than this. Like yeah. Um, I think the I think the comic book is supposed to be about like a world where all the adults die off and like uh-huh. uh this astronaut character basically uh takes care of and raises all these kids and so obviously that's like it has an effect on a kid on mm-hmm. on like people could read it different ways and interpret it different ways. I mean it's like it's like the Bible, or it's like the Quran is like people can read the same words and interpret it different ways and have wildly different actions because of those Mm. words. So, and the mythology around the mythology around the comic book is similar to like a Bible story. Like if you've ever seen cloud Atlas, Mm -hmm. how the actions of a woman and that you say the true, true. Um, (laughs) I tried to watch that last week and that's a tough watch. That is a very tough watch and it's long and a lot to keep up with. But um, just this, the same way that those characters heard the story of a, of a Korean clone and it became their religion. It's a similar thing to this. And then two, back to Shakespeare again, performances of certain Shakespeare um, plays, they were concerned about how like people seeing this work of art would affect them and how it would reverberate through like their societal structure that they had, well, on a small scale, they had created for themselves and their sense of order. Mm. So I, I got it, but it made me think too fucking hard to get there. <laughs> so. and, and we're still talking about Station Eleven. We are. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's cool. I, I'm getting the same feedback from everybody. It's like some shows you watch. I mean, I burned through three seasons of Yellowstone in like a week and a half, guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still not done with Station Eleven. It's like, and everybody I talk to, it's in the same thing. They're like, yeah, I watched an episode. <laughs> you know, it's a heavy like, tax, and like it, we're just like slowly trudging through this this limited series. The so. first three or four episodes really pull you in, and then oh, when yeah. they fully transition to the future, I they introduce a bunch of people I don't give a fuck about, mm. and that made it hard for me. And then some of those people they go back and tell you their origin story, and yeah. Then I then I'm like okay, but there's still a bunch of other people I don't give a fuck about, and they bring more of them. Right. <laughs> so. Wow, interesting. Okay, and I want Lori Petty to get some roles where she's not a weird old lady, because yeah. that is her bag now. Yeah, I like that's been her bag since Tank Girl. Okay. She so, wasn't an old lady yet. She, she literally is her same thing. Well, <laughs> she, she was weird. weird. <laughs> she was weird, and they have. But she, I feel like the character she's playing in this is the same character she played in Orange is the New Black. I'm like, what are you? 
I saw Tank Girl in the theater. That's a weird. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I was probably like nine, so I don't know. Lori, Lori Petty. Not... Lori Petty's from Point Break, right? She's uh... that is such an odd casting for her, also. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I would. I would say a league of their own. Yeah, they made her a leading lady in Point Break, and I was like, she is not that. Uh, it was weird. It was. It was it, you know what? That's that's actually a good transition to something that that, that I watched. Um, that uh, I really enjoyed. I think Lisa, you watched it too. The uh, season two of Love Life with Cheedy. No, oh, I love it. I love everything about William Jackson Harper. <laughs> <laughs> our beloved Cheedy. Yeah. Like, and, and the thing is, if I say William Jackson Harper, like nobody knows what I'm talking about. I say Cheedy, everybody Everybody knows, knows right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yo, man, this was an... Un- I, I didn't see season one, right? So I, oh, I did. Okay, so I know it's an anthology, but I think there's... You don't there's have to watch season one, tissue, though. though, right? Like... There's, there is two over... So the first season is about Anna Kendrick mm-hmm. and her love life and her navigating being single and parenthood and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. If I'm being honest, I watched it because Kingsley Benadire was in it and I love him mm-hmm. and his no edge up having ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's your <laughs> so, man. It's my guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. You know, it's Christmas. I'm like, oh, you in there? Mm-hmm. Uh, I told you I went back and watched Mrs. Marple because he was in it. Oh, he had wow. even less of an edge up. But um, you don't have to watch season one to appreciate season, season two. two at all. Yeah. The the overlap that's there makes the characters from season one like a side character. And so there is dialogue that you may not connect with. Right. Um, from Anna Kendrick, if you didn't watch season one, but it will not take away from your experience. Yeah, because I I realized because she made like a brief appearance, I believe, in season two. And she at the very beginning. Yeah. And, and like almost towards the end, yeah. And so, so I realized that like you know because she's too big of a name to like just throw in there for no reason. So I said, oh, this must be connected to season one, and I was absolutely right. But yeah, it didn't take away nothing from season two. Um, it is, it is one of the most genuine love stories that, um, that I've ever really seen portrayed. And I just got to go on record by saying I have a crazy crush on Jessica Williams because of her role as Mia Hines in this joint. Just a completely, she just, she played that character so real, man. It was just something so, so she doesn't have, and the reason why I bought, I'm connecting it to that Lori Petty conversation we just had, because like, she don't really come across as like leading girl character material, but there's like, there's, there's like an unspoken understandability as to like, why this guy would be crazy about her. Right. There's just something that's like very, very palpable about like her character, man. I don't know, man. She I don't know. She's how very to- that character is very charismatic. And I <sighs> Jessica Williams. Can we talk about it? Um I don't know much I'm about gonna, her outside of I'm gonna, the pods. What um the Tudo Queens? Tudo Queens, yeah. So Jessica Williams, I saw her, she has that movie like The Incredible Jessica James. And that whole like shtick of that movie is like I what wasn't isn't uh Lakeith in that, I believe. I'm not sure, but I'm gonna go She's, back and watch. It's about her like dating this white guy dad that like she should not be attracted to at all. Okay. But she is. 
But her and Phoebe Robinson's like whole thing is about them like dating and fucking white guys and then making fun of them for it. And I kind of don't like that. Um, it was just a character, right? <laughs> no, that is their that is their stand up. <laughs> that is their stand up. Like oh. I couldn't get into two. I listened to Two Dope Queens as a podcast, and I could listen to the featured comedians on it. Mm. But that was their thing. Them. Oh, we fuck white guys, but they're really stupid and gross. And I'm like, yeah, mm. but. If a white guy was like, I fuck black women and they're really stupid and gross, yeah, this would... would be a gross conversation. And so, like, I'm kind of not into this. Like, yeah. you, they talk about doing it as though they're above it, but they're also doing it. It's weird. Oh, interesting. So, Thank so you for to see her. Up for, for me and my people. <laughs> for sure, man. Trust me, you, you are not the white guys that they're fucking. Uh, so. uh, <laughs> it's like Zach yes. Galavanakis type uh, white dudes. They ain't Corey. I'll just say that. Uh, so. hey. uh, <laughs> nobody's Corey. <laughs> I, you are way swaggier than the men they are talking yeah. about. I, I just, do what I can. I do. What I, I, can. I understand your life. I don't understand yeah. theirs. So um, to see her in this was refreshing. <laughs> and I think like, I don't know if someone gave her the feedback of like, yeah, your whole bit is kind of gross and like, don't shy away from black people. <laughs> That's yeah. what it felt like. Okay. Um, I really appreciate how they tackled his issues with dating black women. Mm-hmm. They didn't fucking shy away from that shit. And I was like, Mm-mm. oh, oh, yeah, we in the shit now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it's very interesting. Um, and I love that it. it felt very honest. Yeah. I felt like I know this character in real life. Yeah. That he is a good guy. He has so many things he's trying to figure out. Right. And there's so many misadventures of, along the way. And I think that this character is a lot of Black men who are not portrayed on screen very often as complete human beings um, who are worthy of our attention um, and of our empathy that are not the butt of a joke. And so I really appreciated that depiction. Um, Uh, Yeah. This is a very Black show. If, yeah, but it's not beating you over the head. <laughs> it's not. It's not. But you know, my takeaway from it for real was uh, was exactly what you said in terms of like, you know, I I didn't really look at it too much like through the black lens, right? I, I looked at it more through my man lens than anything. Um, um, and and I I found myself saying that like this show, I think this show, this particular season only works because of the casting. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like I was trying to, I was really trying to like go through my mental Rolodex of other people who would make these characters really work that I would actually still like them. And it, and I was drawing blanks, man. I was drawing blanks. And I was like, man, whoever casted this, they, they just picked the right people to tell this particular story, man. I mean, I could replace Punky Johnson with Lena Waithe and it would still work. But other than that. <laughs> right, right, right. I can see that. I can see that. Um, but I, I I appreciate this. And this has one of like maybe the best cameos. One of my heroes is in this as a cameo. Which in, just, it, in Love Life. I mean, freaking Nikki Giovanni shows up. Oh, yeah. I, I could have peed on myself. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, did. what What a warm hug yeah. <laughs> of a theme. Because we don't get that. Like, uh-uh. I feel like we don't see her enough. Yeah. And I just, I just love her and will show up to hear her talk about her toes. Like I don't care. Right, <laughs> I don't right. care. Yeah, no, that that yeah, that that's a for 
that goes on my list, bro. That was like a that was probably like one of the best surprises I had last year in terms of like television watching. Um, Love Life season two. Uh, anything else, guys? I I feel like we covered you know some some pretty good ground. I know Euphoria is cracking right now, and if anybody doesn't know about uh Grams of Snow, it's a it's another podcast uh, that that I'm part of where I talk about uh. We talk about like crime shit or whatever, and we're talking about euphoria right now. So tap into that. They heard the pre roll. Yeah, they might have. Yeah. They might have. You know what if I mean? You, if you decide to go down the Yellowstone Road, let me know because I'd like to come on over to that podcast. Yeah. I think I want to come on up for an episode about euphoria. Yeah. Um, but I know Snowfall's about to start up. So if you could fit Yellowstone in there, like, I don't know how you have to do this. Yeah, no, nah, we, we probably won't do Yellowstone. Um, I mean, like, if, if we were to do Yellowstone, Corey, it'd have to be like a me and you thing because Six definitely ain't cramming that shit in. Tell, tell Six to. Yeah. Shut up. We're never telling Six to shut up. Because Six is definitely not shutting up. Six knows where to find me. Oh my God. You are talking cash shit. I love you, Six. I love you, Six. She knows it. That's funny. But yeah, guys, man. Great stuff, man. I mean, I feel like, I'm not going to lie, man. I feel like I've been under a rock a little bit. Like, I haven't been keeping up with the movies that are coming out and Things like that, man. And uh, I want to get back to old Treasy, man, where I was kind of keeping up with that shit. And I can't tell you why I'm not. I don't know. I'm just it's like I'm like I'm doing too much work in too many different directions. But I need to uh, catch up on my movie watching. That was more for me. Apparently, there's a lot of dope stuff coming out of Sundance. So I mean, it should be a good movie. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Yeah, Oof, it's been rough. It has. Oh, real quick, I'm gonna throw this one in there. Then then I'm gonna wrap it up. Um, just because I'm I'm. I'm way obsessed with uh, uh, John F. You know the JFK murder and everything like that. Fucking Oliver Stone put out a documentary like JFK Revisited because you know he's he to me Oliver Stone is one of the best historians that we have and especially historians in filmmaking that we have. Um, he's done a lot of a, a couple of great documentaries that I really like, but he he does JFK Revisited, and when I say he turns over some fucking rocks. Man, oh man, man, oh man, he goes deep down the rabbit hole with the conspiracy of uh, JFK's murder. So if you're into that kind of shit, you might want to unravel that uh, on Showtime. But uh, yeah, that's it for me, guys. If that's it for y'all, then I guess we can call this thing a thing. Um, Y'all can follow us on our Instagram and on our Facebook at Kinda Movie Critics and on our Twitter at Kinda, K-I-N-D-A Movie Crits. And uh, yeah, man, tap back into some of our old episodes, man, while we while we pend pending for more content. So thanks for listening to this one. And remember, uh, we call ourselves kind of movie critics because we kind of are and we're kind of not just a bunch of people who like to watch movies. This has been an On Ear Network production.